Amen. That's right. Well, let's turn to Hebrews chapter 6 here. And uh, exit out of that. I'll use that later. Here we go. I think I got that. Yep, those two. All right, Hebrews chapter 6. And we are going to continue on. Uh, Luke, did you get my text this morning of that? that title did you get that okay good uh i was making sure you did but uh uh today's uh message we're going to deal with today about uh, we're talking about keys uh, to full assurance of the faith and we're going to talk about the immutability of god we're going to talk about god and because uh, truly salvation is of the lord everything about salvation is of the lord it is not about you and i it is not about anything that we have done or anything that we will do, right? It is about the Lord. That's what salvation is about. And what Paul is bringing us to in Hebrews here in verse number 18, which is what we're going to look at verses 18 to 20, and then we'll be all over in a number of different places. But what Paul is doing here, he's explaining to us uh, that the basis of our assurance is who God is. It's, it's who God is. And that's, you see, that seems like an oversimplification, but really it isn't. It's, it's a vast and deep ocean of truth that, that you have to plunge into and understand. And I'm going to read you some things uh, from the scriptures and, and, and also uh, just some other things uh, uh, from a, a, a Spurgeon sermon also that some things that he commented on about that. Somebody that went through deep afflictions and, and deep depressions and uh, battles of assurance himself and his salvation. You would think that doesn't happen to pastors or to preachers that preach the way that he did, but that's not true. It happens to all true believers will battle. They will go through uh, bouts of assurance and problems with that in their life. It's part of being a Christian. You're going to battle those things. And, uh, but you have to have the right answers. You have to go to the right places. You have to understand what the scriptures teach about that. And you've got to learn and arm yourselves likewise, right? There's, there's an, this is to arm you up for you to understand that there's God's, God has a reason for this. So Hebrews 6, 18, that by two immutable things in which it was impossible for God to lie. That's, that's important. We might have a strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us. We're not even going to get into these other verses really today. We're just going to really focus on the first part of this verse. And then we'll, Lord willing, over the next two weeks, two more Sundays before I leave on vacation with my family for a couple weeks, uh, I, I hope to finish this within those next two Sundays here with you. And I believe that that will probably happen more than likely, but we'll see. But the next verse, which hope we have as an anchor of the soul both sure and steadfast, and which entereth into that within the veil, whither the forerunner is for us entered. Even Jesus, he is the forerunner. He went before us, made a high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Father, please help us as we dive into the scriptures and we dive into this deep and great truth of who you are. And Lord, uh, your immutability. And what that means and how that relates to us in our assurance of our faith into that full assurance of the faith that all God's children 
need to have, Lord, in their hearts and their lives, not to be saved, but to be profitable unto you, to continue to be profitable unto you in this life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You know, Spurgeon, he rightly commented on this subject about the immutability of God. He talked about who God is, you know, and it's, it's, an, it's interesting what he said about this, but he said this about, about uh, the subject of the attributes of God, really. But uh, most importantly, he said this in a sermon called The Immutability of God. And he says, the highest science, the loftiest speculation, the mightiest philosophy, which can ever engage the intention of a child of God is the name, the nature, the person, the work, the doings, and the existence of the great God whom he calls his father. There is something exceedingly improving in the mind, to the mind, in a contemplation of the divinity. It is a subject so vast that all our thoughts are lost in its immensity, so deep that our pride is drowned in its infinity. Other subjects we can compass and grapple with, in them we feel a kind of self-content and go our way with the thought, behold, I am wise." But when we come to this matter science, this master science, excuse me, finding that our plumb line cannot sound its depth and that our eagle eye cannot see its height, we turn away with the thought that vain man would be wise, but he is like a wild ass colt. And with the solemn exclamation, I am but of yesterday and know nothing. No subject of contemplation will tend more to humility of mind than the thoughts of God. We shall be obliged to feel, great God, how infinite art thou, what worthless worms are we. And whilst humbling and expanding this subject is eminently consolatory, there is a consolation factor in studying who God is, in knowing who God is. And let me tell you something today. If you don't have a mind to know who God is, you won't pay attention to this. You'll be distracted very easily. Because it's a very hard subject to be able to talk about who God is. But I'm telling you, who God is, is the answer to all your problems. Who God is and how he operates and his attributes is the answer to any struggle that you have today. Because there's something deeper than us. There's something more complex in that sense to the human mind. There's something that is like a vast ocean to wade in and and that is who God is. Whenever you find yourself full of yourself, you need to study the attributes of who God is. You need, because then you'll, you'll forget about self. You'll forget about all those problems and all those, those challenges that you have, and you'll wade into the deepness and the depth of who God is. And, and, and you never can exhaust that. You will, that is one subject that you will never be able to exhaust. You will never be able to fully come to that full understanding on this side of who God is because you are taking finite minds and you are you are grappling with the infinite you are grappling with the never ending all powerful immense God and that's where your thoughts need to be today 
And I pray God puts them there. And I pray you, you attempt to be there today and understand that, to understand the vastness of who God is. I like what Spurgeon said about that. He says, and whilst humbling and expanding our minds and our hearts, this subject is eminently consolatory. For there is, in contemplating Christ, a balm for every wound. In musing on the Father, there is a quietus for every grief. And in the influence of the Holy Ghost, there is a balsam for every sore. Would you lose your sorrows? Would you drown your cares? Then go plunge yourself in the Godhead's deepest sea. Be lost in his immensity. And you shall come forth as from a couch of rest, refreshed and invigorated. I know nothing, he says, which can so comfort the soul, so calm the swelling billows of grief and sorrow, and so speak peace to the winds of trial as a devout musing upon the subject of the Godhead. I'm telling you, when you study who God is, you'll get off of yourself. You'll get over yourself, too. Amen. You'll get over yourself. You start thinking about, you start internalizing everything. You know what the opposite of that is? Is to seek Christ in the scriptures and study God's attributes. And then you'll stop thinking you're so big. You'll stop thinking that the problems you have are so big. Why? Because you'll see how big God is. Man, I'll tell you what, I never would have gotten through depression. I never would have gotten through those things had not I took a real deep swim into who God is until I dived into who God was and I studied him and I learned of him and, and he taught me how big he was and how small I am. And there's consoling in that. Why? Because you, you'll come to realize with the, when it comes to assurance of faith, wow, it really does have nothing to do with me. It doesn't, like, I didn't bring me to this place. I, I, didn't, I didn't do this work in my soul. I didn't, I didn't come to this knowledge on my own. It is a holy God that brought me to this place. It is God who changed my heart. It is God who made me a new creature. It is about God. It is about who he is. It is about his son. It is about his spirit that guides me and that fills me. It is not about me. There is nothing about me in that. And there is everything to do with who God is. And it's bigger than, like when your mind, see, when you suffer from any, any mental health issues and things and you're, and you're challenged with those things and you, you war against like war with the depression and anxieties and all of those things, the, the mind becomes so, it, it runs nonstop. It just continues to run and run and run. So you know what God showed me? Okay, your mind's going to run, preacher, and it's going to run and run. And, and you, you ain't going to stop it from running. Like, you can't, you can't go like this and shut it off. I mean, you could take funny pills if you want to, but that ain't going to do you no good. Right. Yeah, that ain't going to do you any good at all. Make you crazy. Make you kill yourself. Yeah. That, that's what it'll do to you. But what God showed me is, but I'll tell you where it can run. I am fixed, O oh God. I am fixed, O oh God. My heart shall sing and give praise. Fix it on this book. And there is a never-ending amount of study, a never-ending amount of vastness to it. And your everything, your whole mind will get lost in it. And you won't go insane. Like, you won't go crazy. You, you think you're crazy. No, you fix it on this. So God said that motor's going to run anyway. So where are you going to run it to? Right. You either run it on all your problems, your worries, your fears, your doubts, 
You either, you, you either run, you either take your mind and you run it on every evil surmising you could possibly think about everybody around you, that everybody's against you, that there's this grand conspiracy against you, that everybody's your enemy, that you have to live in, in, in uh, paranoia and fear and all those other things, or you set that motor and you fix it on this and you, you just be filled up with it. Well, then I just, God just took me to the Psalms and, and I just started reading and reading and studying and reading and writing and studying and reading and writing and studying and reading and writing some more and studying some more page after page after page after page after page after page of notes on the Psalms of notes on different things. And God began to show me, oh, you're not crazy preacher. That ain't your problem. No, no, you're not crazy. You're, you're, uh, you're, your mind, you're not going to lose your mind. Your mind's going to be fixed on me. See, I'm actually going to I'm going to fix you. I, I'm going to fix you. See, all those, those, those things that people touched you with before, oh, they're never going to touch you with it again. No, they'll never be able, they'll never do that to you again. I promise you they won't. But I'm going to stick you with this thorn. And I'm going to get you to fix your heart on me. And when you do, I will fill it. I will fill it. So that's what he did. And my motor went there. And then I started studying who God is more and started studying his attributes more and started studying how he deals with man more. And it filled my heart with that. And then trust builds. Assurances build. Strength comes from that. Experience comes from that. Hope comes from that. And hope maketh not ashamed, right? And, 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 and it fills your heart with that hope. Why? Because, well, other men went through this. Think it not strange. Other men went through it. Other, other women went through it. Other people had these trials. You're not the only one. Hey, you're not the only one that ever felt like opening the door and running. You're, you're not the only one that ever thought about running away from your responsibilities. Yep. You're not the only one that ever thought about doing that. I am never going to get through my first point. I haven't even got to it yet. I don't care, though, because I know it'll help you. I, 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 I know how. You're not the first person that ever thought that, but it's God that keeps you in the house. Amen. It is God that keeps you in the house. I can preach nothing else to you today, but it is God that keeps you. It is God that preserves you. And I can't yell it loud enough to you. I can't. I can't because I believe it with everything in me down to the tips of my toes down to the top of my hair deep down in my heart and soul i believe it i only believe it i live it because i believe it and i preach it to you today because i believe it with everything in me that god is able to keep you from falling that god is able to keep you no matter what you are going through he will keep you amen Man, if you can't shout, I can. Man, I just want to yell again about it. I'm not kidding you. I got something to rejoice over. I have something to rejoice over today. I hope you have that same thing. If you don't, I can tell you how you can get it. Amen. Because you ought to have it. Otherwise, you, maybe, you need, maybe your rejoicer needs kicked a little bit. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe You know how you start a, you have to, Lee, you know how you, you, you prime that, right? When you have to start that up, you got to prime it a little bit, right? Maybe, maybe yours needs a little bit of priming. Maybe that's what it is. So you rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Amen. I'm about ready to have a fit up here. I don't know. All right. Anyway, um, 
Let's read. Let's, let's keep going here. Wherein God, willing more abundantly to show unto the heirs of promise the immutability of his counsel, confirmed it by an oath, that by two immutable things in which it was impossible for God to lie, that we might have a strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us. See, we must remember who God is. You must remember his nature, his character. God is holy and righteous, and God does not change. He is immutable. God cannot lie. By the way, there's a second witness to this. Titus chapter 1, verse number 2. Paul says in verse 1, Paul, a servant of God, an apostle of Jesus Christ, according to the faith of God's elect, and the acknowledging of the truth, which is after godliness, in hope. Look at that. A sure and steadfast hope. Amen. Why? Because it's based on Christ. It ain't based on me. There ain't nothing in me to have any hope over. Just a bunch of fallen flesh. But there's hope in Christ. There's hope. Oh, you need to change it, friend. You need to change that thinker of yours. You're thinking too much about you. You're not thinking about how big God is. Do you think you got here on your own this morning? You think you got to this place on your own? You think that Bible you have on your lap isn't led by the Holy Ghost that God didn't put you where you are, put you in the church you are, listen to the sermon you are, having you preach, having you listen to the preaching of God's word and edifying you? You think you did that on your own? My friend, you think too much of yourself. Right. And not enough about him. What does he say? In hope of eternal life, which God, that cannot lie, promised before the world began. By the way, there are things. I, I preached a sermon. Three things. Does anybody remember this? Three things that God cannot do. Yes. And then I preached another one after it. Three more things that God cannot yes. do. Does anybody remember that? That was a lot of time ago. Some of you are too old. You don't have any memory left, but that's okay. All right. But, uh, but anyway, no, I, I preached that many years ago. Paul, I think you guys were here for that. I think you heard those a long time ago, but you got a memory like me, so you don't remember. But uh, I got the same memory, Paul, so I know how it is. Uh, sometimes Joshua comes to me and says, Pastor, you remember this sermon you preached? No, I don't remember it. You preached it. I don't remember it. Then if he reminds me a little bit, gives me a few cues, I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, I remember that. Or Dave will say something. Pastor, that sermon you preached a long time really had an impact on me. I'm like, oh, really? I don't remember it. <laughs> and so I'm glad it had an impact Amen. on somebody because I can't even remember it. Amen. But anyway, but that's the second witness. But there are things that God cannot do, and he cannot lie. Why? Because God cannot do anything against his holy nature. Right. Nothing. That's why God won't let sinful men into the kingdom of God. Right. They have to be born again. He forgives their sin. See, Jesus Christ, God could not let you into heaven because you're a sinner or me into heaven because we are sinners. So what did he do? He sent Jesus Christ and his righteousness to die for you. And, to, and, to, and not only to die, but to be buried and to rise again from the dead. And we live a victorious life because our Savior is in heaven. Like I told yeah. that Catholic little witch that was walking around. And you, some of you ain't going to like that, but I, you know I don't care about that. But she was carrying a, an idol on a wooden cross with a dead Jesus on it. That ain't my Jesus. That's Isis, Horus, and Set. That ain't my Jesus. Anyway, she was trying to wave it in front of my son. And she put it down right in front of his, his face. And she was like this. And then she, then at first she had the, the, the prayer beads the little, the little, uh, the little fake false god beads that they hold up, and I, I said, "You're worshiping relics." I said, "You're making graven images." So then that image wasn't big enough. Those, those beads. So then she got mad at me and came back with a big old wooden cross with a big old, a big old fake Jesus, half naked Jesus on the cross, and and fake uh, antichrist. And she brought it in front of his face, and she's like waving at me. I said, "Man, that ain't gonna do nothing to me, lady." 
My Jesus ain't on that cross. My Jesus rose from the dead. He ascended up on high. He led captivity captive. He gave gifts unto men, and I have his Holy Ghost, and I'm sealed under the day of redemption. I don't care about your stupid little fake cross you got. I don't care about you trying to throw any holy water on me. I don't care about any of your junk. You bunch of witches, I don't care about any of that. Strumming up a bunch of devils over here, I don't care about that. She was trying to talk to my son and blast him, so I just stood in front of her and I was like, hey, you want to blast somebody, blast me. I'll give you all the scripture you want. What I do, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word was made manifest and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory as the only, uh, as the glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And I just kept preaching. I just kept preaching verses to her, and she just took her little witch self down the road. Right. Now, some of you are too nice to say those things. Yeah. And I realize that, but God didn't call you to. He called right. me to. So that's why I'm doing right. it. Amen. Amen. But that, but that'll encourage you to step up a little bit and do something in your life. That'll be a good thing, won't it? Amen. Amen. We speak the truth, and we speak plain speech, so they understand it. I don't think anybody was confused at anything me and Paul said, except one thing that Paul said. I have a gay marriage. I, I have a gay marriage. I told you I'm gay. And that Derek guy goes, get out, gay. <laughs> right? And I was like, yes, I told you I'm gay. And he goes, and he goes you know, he goes, you have a boyfriend? And Paul's like, no, oh no, I'm not, I'm not a homosexual, but I'm a happy man. I'm a happily married man. Well, he sent him for a loop, man. I didn't know what to think when he said that. They didn't have any clue. It's like, that guy's like, what? That guy's confusing me. Anyway, the confused, they were confused, right? Anyway. Praise the Lord, though, for this verse, which God that cannot lie promised before the world began. Here's another verse, Malachi 3, 6. I am the Lord. I change not. I want you to think about it. I'm not, I haven't read the rest of the verse yet, but think about this for a second. That, that's very powerful, isn't it? See, we are safe and secure as children of God because he changes not. You're not safe and secure because you're perfect in obedience. Because none of us alive ever perfect in obedience. You're safe and secure today because God changes not. Right. For the nature of God. Because who God is. See, you got to get over this thing about thinking about you so much. And you got to keep thinking about Christ. you got to be thinking about who God is. My soul is safe and secure because of Jesus. It ain't safe and secure because I'm, I'm perfectly obedient or I do it. Man, I ain't none of that. I want to be. I sure want to be. I have a heart to be. God gave me a heart to be. But I, I'm not. It ain't based on your obedience. Your salvation is based on Christ's obedience, Amen. the faith of Christ. It was Christ that obeyed. That's right. Right? My anchor is Jesus. My anchor is Jesus. I'm anchored in. Amen? Amen. My, my, my security is Christ. Amen. I throw it all on Jesus. All of it. Amen. All of it. I am the Lord, I change not, therefore you sons of Jacob are not consumed. I like this verse. Um, I didn't write the reference down, I'm sorry about that, but fear not, thou worm Jacob. Jacob, I know that's your life verse. Um, <laughs> Amen. Let me get you the t-shirt. <laughs> I couldn't help it, Jacob. You're just, you're like my favorite guy to pick on. I don't know why, but anyway. <laughs> It's got to be real love. That's all I can say. Uh, fear not, thou worm, Jacob, and ye men of Israel. I like this. This is so comforting because I'm that worm, too. 
Amen. I, that, that's, that's who we are. We're low and beneath and we are, we are in our flesh. We are decrepit and we are just, we are rolling around in the dirt of this life. Right. And look what he says. Fear not thou worm Jacob and ye men of Israel. I will help thee saith the Lord and thy redeemer, the Holy one of Israel. Amen. That's God that says, I will help thee. Fear not. I will help thee. It's God that does that. It's, it's my Redeemer that does it. The Holy One. That's Jesus Christ. So fear not. Fear not. Your son's according to the adoption. Your son, you're adopted into the family of God by faith in Jesus Christ. It is Jesus Christ. It is his blood. He says, fear not. Right? Thy Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, he will help you. Amen. I believe that. I know what that's like when things get really dark, when things get really scary, when things get really bad, and you start thinking about who God is. And man, when you do, your faith will grow, your strength will grow, because you'll remember who God is, and you'll forget about who you are. And you remember, why did I ever think of anything on myself anyway? You know, that's a, do you know that's a constant lesson that God teaches you? Why did I ever think... Why did I ever think? See, your mind gets caught in a trap. It gets caught in some, in some uh, looping, so to speak. And it loops around this one. You start thinking about you, but this and that and this and that. It's like, wait a minute. You, you got to stop thinking about you. You got to stop allowing your mind to loop around. You, you got to be thinking about Christ. You, you got to be focused on who Christ is, not who you are. Amen. That's a trap that you begin by grace, right? that you finish by the strength of the flesh? No, 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 no. You will, you will begin in faith, faith and you will stay in faith. Amen. It will be faith and it will be Christ's faith that keeps you. He, his grace will sustain you, amen? It'll always be by grace. It'll never be by anything else. It'll never be by your own steadfastness because you have none. You, you don't have any. The anchor is what holds you. My anchor holds. My anchor holds. It's my anchor that holds me. It's not me. Right? Everything is dependent upon the anchor, which we'll talk about. I, I can't preach that yet, so we'll save that. That's, that's, that's going to be maybe the, the last Sunday before I leave there uh, for vacation that, that we'll get to that part. Because there's so many of these in, in here. There's so many of these strengths in here. There's so many of these uh, keys to assurance that are in this chapter. I, 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 for the life of me, I can't figure out how anybody uses this chapter to, to put down eternal security or to, or to, or to tell people that, that this chapter doesn't preach eternal security. I don't know how they do that. I, 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 I don't see that. I, I, can't e I can't even begin to see that when I read the chapter from, uh, from front to from first to last. I don't even know how they do that with Hebrews 6. I, I can't do it. I don't even see that. I see God explaining salvation. I see God explaining assurance of salvation and showing you how to attain that, how to come to that place of full assurance, right? That, that's what I see in this, all over it. You must understand and remember who God is. When I look at God, I, then I see how little I am, how small and insignificant I am, and how I cannot and could not do anything to attribute to my salvation, save only being the wicked sinner who needed to be saved. I provide the sin, I provide the sinful fall in nature. That's what I provide. Right? That's, that's how you remember to be humble and walk before God. That, that, wait, no, all, all I did was qualify being a sinner. I qualified as a sinner on their way to hell. That's, that's it. That's, I presented myself as a sinner before the Lord. That's it. God showed me you, and you, by the way, you didn't even, you didn't even realize that till the Holy Ghost showed you that. He showed you that. He showed you, you are wicked. 
Some preacher preached the Bible, the gospel came to you somehow, God showed you that, he showed your soul, you're wicked. I mean, you are vile. See, people don't like, preachers don't even like to preach like that today. Oh, you might have, you know, you might have little mistakes in your life. Man, you ain't got no mistakes. You're a dirty, rotten, filthy, wicked sinner. Little mistakes, little little boo-boos that you did, little white lies. Man, there ain't no such thing as a white lie. Right? There's no such thing as, as, as little mistakes you've made. Right? No, they're sins, and God hates them. And he hates them so much that he sent his son to die on the cross for them. That he put his full wrath upon his only begotten son for your sin. God does it. There's no whitewashing of your sin like that. There's no, there's no little sins. It's sin before God. And God hates it. And it qualifies you for hell. Right? That's what we give to God, our sin. We, we come sinful and wicked. Jesus said, I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. And when you don't admit you're a sinner, you ain't getting any repentance. Right? Right? You're not coming to Christ. Why? Because you don't admit you're a sinner. You're telling God, you're fine. I'm going my own way. I'm doing just fine. No. The day you got saved is the day that God showed you, you are a sinner. And you are wicked. And you are headed for hell. Right? I hear people say, they, they, they don't like that. They say, well, you know, when you talk about that, man, I ain't never going to get done. I got to keep moving. When you talk, when you talk about when you talk about that sin and, and, and you really say things like that, it really, you know, uh, it, it, you know it's, it's a dangerous thing to, to be talking to people like that. Or you don't want to tell them how vile they are. You don't want to tell them how bad. Why? They need to know how bad they are. They need to know how wicked they are, how God hates it. They need to understand the depth of their sin. Right. And the fact that G- otherwise you make the sweet sacrifice of Christ of none effect. Yeah, right. When preachers right. don't preach the law, a schoolmaster to bring men to Christ, right. they make everybody feel like they just do little boo-boos in their life. Mm-hmm. Right? When they don't preach the magnitude of God's righteousness and holiness, and how God is holy and just to throw you into hell, and you absolutely deserve it. Yeah. Well, Jesus said, I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Right. If you hold on to your own self-righteousness, we can hold it all the way to hell. Yep, right. And deserve it, too. Right. Just like the rest of us deserve it. We don't get what we deserve. We get grace. Amen. Amen. Thank God we don't get what we deserve. Right. All right. I'm going to keep moving. Amen. I ain't even through point one yet. But we are all dead men walking. And Christ cried out, live. And we lived. By the power of the gospel, we're made whole. It is Christ only that saves. And God is clear that he cannot lie. Sometimes it doesn't occur to God's people that there are things that God cannot do. People never consider that, that the Bible says God cannot lie. Our changing years affect not God, with whom one day is as a thousand years, said one man, and a thousand years is one day. Who is the same yesterday and today and forever? Think about this when you're thinking about uh, your assurance of salvation, of who God is, because that's where the focus is. I'm going to give you some quotes now from uh, some uh, God-fearing preachers that preached on the immutability of God. This man said this, in a changing world, let us rejoice in in this unchangeableness of God. Everything's going to change around you constantly. Like, and you're not going to like it. You know, there's going to be things that are out of your control that are going to change. Our bodies are going to like break down. They're going to die. I mean, right? You, I don't have to tell you very long that your body's going to break down. Some of you that are in your forties, to your fifties, to your sixties, you're like, yeah, I know it's, it's breaking. It's breaking. Right? It's going to break down and, you're, and we're going to die. Yep. Right? That's change. That's, but 
That's why your heart needs to be focused on the one who never changes, the one who cannot change, right? Because you'll realize that no matter what season you go through, they don't affect God. Your circumstances, your mind, depressions and desertions and discouragements and all those other things, those things change. Your health concerns, your needs, your fears, your, those things will come and they will go, but God doesn't change. He's still the same. Right? So I need to remember that he's the same God that called me to repentance and faith. He's the same God that will keep me. He doesn't change. God doesn't change his mind about you. He doesn't say, well, I don't love him anymore. Well, that would mean that he would have to stop loving his son. That die and the, our love is wrapped up in the covenant of who Jesus is, not who you are. Amen. I'm loved by God because of Jesus. Do you understand that? That's why I'm loved of God. I'm loved of God here today. I was brought to repentance and faith in Christ because of Christ, Amen. because of who he is. And, 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 and God loves me because of who Jesus is. And that he sees Jesus' righteousness imputed and imparted unto me. That's why I'm loved of God. Not because I'm a good boy and I never err or I never do anything wrong or I never have any bad thoughts or I never have any wicked thoughts or I never battle with sin or I never battle with the things of this life or I don't struggle with things or I don't, I don't have those failures in my life. That's not why God loves me. God loves me because of Jesus. He loves me for what Jesus did for me. And he loves you for what Jesus did. And Jesus pleased the Father in all things. Therefore, my relationship is that of pleasing the Father. It's not, it's not me. It's the atonement. It's God's love, everlasting love for his son that is given to us. God loves us with an everlasting love. God's not fickle. He doesn't change. I like what another man says. He says, God's immutability is his perfect unchangeability in his essence, character, purpose, and promises. <laughs> I mean, he's perfect. Why would he change? He can't. He's already perfect. Because he's holy. Because his nature is eminently holy. So he can't change. There, like, how does perfect holiness change? It can't. It has no need to. What would it change to? Couldn't. That's why God doesn't change. Am I getting somewhere with you? Do you understand what I'm saying? Is this confusing you at all? It might a little bit. It might a little bit to understand the depth of that. No man can say I understand it completely. It's deeper than all of us. Amen? But I thank God for it. I thank God that I don't have to understand it. I just believe it. Amen. I believe it by faith. I believe God. I believe everything he said in here. Man, you don't feel like it all the time. We ain't talking about how I feel. We're talking about what I believe. I feel horrible sometimes. I feel terrible sometimes. That ain't got nothing to do with what I believe. Right? You know the reason why we stood out there in front of Planned Parenthood, took that Bible out there and preached the Bible to them and preached it? Because we believe it. We believe it. You know why they live like a bunch of transgender devils and run around fornicating like a bunch of dogs? You want to know why they do it? Because they believe it. They follow what they believe. And we follow what we do. Amen. 
Thank God for grace. Immutability does not mean that God is static or inert, nor does it mean that he does not act distinctly in time or possess true affections. God's not stoic. He doesn't sit up in heaven and not care about anything. Right? That's not, that's not who God is. God is impassable. Not in the sense that he is devoid of true feelings or has no affections, but in the sense that his emotions are active and deliberate expressions of his holy dispositions. Not, as is often the case with human emotions, involuntary passions by which he is driven. Like, you and I are at times driven by our involuntary passions. Like, they take us over and we're like, we, we say things we shouldn't say. Like, there's never been a time that God said something that he shouldn't have said. Right. Like, do you understand that? Like, every word in that book, God meant it to be every, there. Right. You believe that, don't you, here today? I do. I believe every word in this book, every word God meant, and he never took it back. Right. And he never said, well, I shouldn't have said that. I'm sorry. God's never had to be sorry. Right. He's never been wrong. Amen. And he never will be wrong. And right. he's always right. Wow, what does that do to my life? A lot if you're paying attention. Yeah. Well, it means that I can trust God through any trial that I have because he's always right. Amen. That no matter what comes my way, right, right. God's always right. Come on. Yeah. Well, you don't like that, do you? Yeah, your little carnal nature don't like that. Right. Your little carnal nature hates that. Well, God's allowed this to happen in my life, and God's allowed this to happen in my life. and Yeah, he has, and he's right to do it, too. Yes, he is. Man, when I was going through deep depression at times when it first happened and everything else and, and the challenges and the trials of that, I, yeah, I began to question God. Of course, it's all over the Psalms. You can see it. Right. You, you, you come to a place of questioning God, like, God, why are you allowing this to happen? Like, God, what, what, what's, has God forgotten to be merciful? Has he forgotten to be gracious? Yeah. Has, has, God, has God changed who he is? No, he hasn't. God's still the same God. He hasn't changed. Your trials have changed. Things have happened in your life that has changed. Your emotions change. God hasn't changed. God doesn't change. He doesn't have to. He's right. So wait, God's right when he gave me these health problems. God's right when, yep. he's, when, yep. he's, uh, when he's given me these, when I've had to have these marital challenges. God's right when I lose my job. God's right when I don't get what I want, when I want it, the way I want it, and everything else. God's right to put me through trials. God's right not to allow me to have a wife or a husband right now. God's right to put me in the place where I have to war at this and, and, chall- and be challenged with this. Yeah, God's right about it all. God was right when he touched me with depression. God was right when he touched my mind and he allowed me to go through things. God was still right. He's always right. He's always right. God's right when you can't have babies and you can have babies. God's still right. He's right. He's always right. Amen. Right? We look at, we look at situations we don't, and we forget about looking at who God is. You need to look at who God is, not situations. Why? Because he's always right. There's always a place I can go for absolute 100% truth. And it's not your pastor, it's your Bible. Amen? It's the Word of God. That's where I can go for 100% truth. Right? I I can always go there, and I can get 100% truth. And you know what's 100% true? That God is just and holy and right. And whatever I'm going through, I know that that I can trust God. Because he's right. That's, that's how you're supposed to live your life. That builds your assurance and makes you stronger. God cannot change for the better, for he is already perfect. And being perfect, he cannot change for the worse. That's pretty deep, isn't it? 
however unstable I may be, however fickle my friends may prove to be, God changes not. If he varied as we do, if he willed one thing today and another tomorrow, if he were controlled by caprice, who could confide in him? But all praise to his glorious name. He is ever the same. His purpose is fixed. His will is stable. His word is sure. That's who God is. It is well for us that amidst all the variableness of life, said Spurgeon, there is one whom change cannot affect, one whose heart can never alter, and one whose brow mutability can make no furrows. Do you, do you understand that, like, the reason I can trust God, the reason I can walk by faith and live this Christian life is because God's always right. And, and the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. So I, I can always trust God, no matter what. You mean if he throws you into a prison? Yeah, well, he's threw his saints in prison. You mean you're standing at the burning? You're standing at the, at the, uh, at the martyr's uh, uh, burn pile, right? Is God right? Yep, God, you're right. That's what gives the faith. That's what gives the faith of Christ when you look at those, those people that want to put you to death and you say, could you make it really one clean shot right here? Because Jesus is right, and I'm going home to see him. So Amen. let's get this over with real quick, okay? Let's just do it fast. Unless you want me to preach to you for a few hours, I'll do that, then you can kill me. But either way, I'm going home. You ain't hurting me none. Just make sure it's a clean, have a good blade on that, and just make sure it comes off. Here's the dotted line. Give it to you, right? I'm going home anyway. I'm, I'm going to eternal rest. It's better than where you're going. Amen. That's why the martyrs had the faith to do that. That's why they could look at that. By the way, you have the same faith if you have Christ. You'll have the same faith when that day comes. You say, I don't know. I feel pretty weak. I don't, I don't, I, I, I don't feel like, well, there you go feeling again. God says he gives dying grace. He says precious in the sight of the Lord of the death of his saints. God will make it precious. He'll give you grace. He'll give you grace. He will. You don't need it now. You ain't dying yet. Right, right. You need living grace now. Right. You need grace to get up off the couch and live for Jesus. Amen. You need grace to get out of that sour puss attitude of yours and get up Amen. and do something for God. Amen. Stop feeling sorry for yourself. Amen. You need grace to walk with the Lord. You need grace to, to keep your foot, you know, from going, from sliding in the, in the wrong places. You need, gra you need grace to speak to people the right way. You need grace to live this life. That's what you need grace for. You don't need grace to die yet. When you need it, he'll give it. Why? Because we believe that by faith. Right. Because God's always right. Yeah. Man, when I, when I start doing that, bro, that really changes a lot of things in life when my perspective becomes the Lord and not me and who God is. Yeah, you'll have a lot more peace. Because you'll just be like, that's God. Right? It's just like the other day, uh, and this is a small thing in the, in the scope of things, but, but the other day I drove up here on a Tuesday, right, in my truck, and I drove up here to... to uh, do a broadcast. I was like, ah, I want to do a broadcast here with my screens and everything. Man, I stood out there during that broadcast, and all of a sudden, all hail is breaking loose outside. And uh, uh, yeah. and I'm not, I'm not from the south. I mean, I mean, it was actually hail. But uh, it was just, I was looking at the sidewalk. I'm like, oh my goodness, my truck's outside. This thing's just getting dented up, and the hail's coming down. Sidewalk filled up. I'm looking outside. I'm like, whoa! I'm live on my broadcast. I'm like, well, you know what though? You know, I talked to Dave about it a little bit, and you know what? I, I, I said, you know what? God knew the storm was coming. Amen. And he had me drive up here and be faithful and do it. So God will take care of it. God will take care of it all. Yep. He's, I just drove up doing his work. 
right? Put it out there. That's the way it was. Yeah. Right? Uh, that goes to show you something, though, friend. You can have all the garages in the world. You can have everything you think you want and everything else, and you're going to protect everything. Well, if God wants it hit, it'll get hit. Yep. Right? Yep. Is that true? I mean, just protecting my truck from my children is a miracle. <laughs> be honest with you. That's, that's the grace of God right there. But that thing ain't destroyed already. Or that dumb dog Sheba. But, right? Destroy it. We just got that one dent fixed. Right. The other day, I, I had a dent fixed, right? Fix this dent. Boop, pop it out. That one on the side. Remember that I, I had that fixed, right? What happens? Week later, hailstorm comes down. A bunch of dents now. <laughs> right? Uh, but God knew it was going to happen. Right. Right? So, whatever. God will take care of it. Amen. Always does. Right? Right? Like Brother Andrew uh, came to me, texted me, said, you know what? I think I'm going to go a different direction with these lights. It's going to cost more money and all this other stuff. But you know what? We really need to do this right. I was like, well, God will take care of it. Amen. He'll take care of it. Right. It's not our money. It's God's money. Right? It's God's provision. It's God's care. It's God's providing. And what does he do? He always provides. He always provides. He just does. Provides for his children. God knows. It's his work. By the way, if, if you and your life do the same thing, God will bless you with that, that same way and has blessed you that same way. Right. Whether you recognize it sometimes or not, that it's all God's money. I mean, by, you don't think just my money is all God's money, do you? Or you don't think just OPBC, the money that's given, there, that that's just God's money and your money. Well, my money's my money. You're church people. You got to do something with the church. You got to be right, but not me. Do what I want. Right? It's all God's, isn't it? Everything we have is the Lord's, right? right? Everything we have. You're all ministers of God's money, right? We are. We all have duties, right? They're all, it's all the Lord's. None of it's ours. We're just, we're just using it while we're here, and then we're going home, right? If you don't ever get that dream house here, man, you're going to have a nice one in heaven. It's going to be way better, right? Amen? I never have all that. Paul, you probably won't have that creaky board, though, in heaven. You won't have that. You're going to miss that creaky. No, I'm just <laughs> You won't miss it when you leave. But anyway. <laughs> I saw that one creaky. You know what I'm talking about? That one board you walk in. I like that board. Paul's like, I like that board. That board, I, I like. That's my favorite part of this house. I remember him explaining that to me one time. <laughs> Lee said something about that board creaking when he, uh, to Paul. Paul's like, I like that board. That's my favorite thing about this whole house. Paul's got away with words, man. <laughs> I just shake my head. I'm like, okay. They didn't, they didn't want to give us the loan for that house. Every time that thing creaks, it reminds me of the Lord. Yeah, they told him, you ain't getting the loan for this house. They ain't going to give you this house. Nobody's going to give you that loan. Well, you got a loose board there. Yeah, no way. What happened? God gave it to him. Amen. Right. Amen. right? That's what they said about that house out there that we moved to. They said, the, the loan guy said, well, you... You can't do nothing. You, you're not. You know. You don't have the five hundred one c three. You don't have all. You can't do nothing. Okay. What happened? God did it. By the way, He's going to give us a building the same way. I'm telling you, He's going to. God's going to give us a meeting house the same way. To defy everything that these people stand for and all their corporatism and everything else, God's just going to. He's going to. We're going to have to work on it. I believe that. That's right. what this. This yep. is a test right here. We're going to have to work on that building. So you better get ready to work because that's going to happen sometime. Right. 
But but I believe God's going to do that. I absolutely do believe that. Why? It's his. He's going to have us meet somewhere. Right. Right? Somewhere. If it's warm, we can meet in a barn, right? <laughs> be a little too cold for some of you, though. <laughs> well, we got a couple of big heaters. We do got some big heaters. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> it is well for us, right, that we understand these things. A changeable God would be a, I like this quote, a changeable God would be a terror to the righteous. They would have no sure anchorage. Right. And am at a changing world, they would be driven to and fro in a perpetual fear of shipwreck. Our hearts leap for joy as we bow before one who has never broken his word or changed his promise. Amen, I like that. And that's true, right? I If I'm trusting in like, it's like that officer told me the other day when we were preaching out there a couple weeks ago. He said, do you think I really care about, about what happens to you? I said, no, I, I don't think you care. I have a father in heaven. Amen. He cares about me. My protection comes from the Lord, not some cop. Right. Yep. What do you think? Like I'm dependent on the Minneapolis Police Department to protect me? <laughs> I think we've seen a little bit of how they protect. Uh-oh. A little bit of knee in the neck problem there. Uh-oh. Right? Yep. Right? A little bit of... Yeah, I don't like your way of protecting. Somehow I don't think serve and protect means that. You got a different definition of that. Right? While three other ones stand around and watch? Yeah, I don't think that's protection. Now, they're all a bunch of hellbound sinners between those cops right there that did that and the man that did that. I See, that's the difference with, with, with Bible preachers. Like, we look at all and be like, you all don't have Christ. You're all wrong. Like, you're all wicked. Right? You wouldn't be dealing drugs and dealing methamphetamines and everything else, and you wouldn't be hopped up on that, and you wouldn't be doing that. And they're wicked for doing what they did. Right. And they're the authority they're supposed to do right. That's right. God holds them accountable. By the way, there's this, there is an accountability for yeah, that for is. authority. Yeah, Absolutely is, is friend. <laughs> Absolutely. Don't forget that. Right? God altereth not his plans. Why should he? He is almighty and therefore can perform his pleasure. Why should he? He is the all wise and therefore cannot have planned wrongly. Why should he? He is the everlasting God and therefore cannot die before his plan is accomplished. Why should he change, ye worthless atoms of earth? <laughs> ye creeping insects upon this bay leaf of existence. You may change your plans, but he shall never, never change his. Amen. <laughs> that was Spurgeon. <laughs> Amen. Well, he's got it about right, doesn't he? Right? God calls us worms and all kinds of things, doesn't he? That's what we are, right? Compared to God, the vastness of God. Like, how big is God to you? Really, how big is he? In your quest for full assurance, it must be on the Lord. You must focus on Christ and his immutability. We change so much. We are so fickle. Everything changes around us. God made the seasons to change. He made them to be different. Sometimes it's summer in our lives. Sometimes it is a dark winter. But we must have the winter to be grateful for the summer. So it is in our spiritual life. We must have that times of trying of our faith and that our faith would triumph in all circumstances. That's why you go through a myriad of circumstances before you go home. You must learn to trust God through them. You must be, learn to believe that God is right no matter what. But rest assured, Christian, he has not changed. Nothing he changes not his love for you. He's not wavered in it. God has not come to become disinterested in you, and God has not cast you off and forgotten you, though you be tried in this temporal life. 
for he is the immutable God and changes not. You who are kept by the power of God, the very nature of God. You may question yourself, and yes, you should. But to question God, too, too much question of yourself is self-idolatry. By the way, let me give you a word of caution right here. And I don't know how much farther I'm going to be able to go, but maybe a little bit. But um, let me say this to you. The Bible warns us that an adulterous generation seeketh a sign. And there shall no sign be given to them. Right? Here's what happens. Here's what happens many times. And Christians do this too. They start to look for feelings and signs of God's favor towards them. They, they try to look for, uh, well, I felt this today, or I felt that today, or I think this, or I think that. And they're always looking for something. Beware of looking for signs to validate your faith. And walk in simple faith. Stop looking for signs. It's adultery, and God hates it. Amen. You're not going to have any of those signs. If you don't walk by faith, God's not going to give you anything extra like that because you're not obeying Him and walking by faith. You're looking for something special from God. God, make me feel good about uh, me. Make me feel good today. God, make me have a good day today. God, or make me have... Well, you make the day you have by faith in Christ. That's you make that day in that sense right? But here's, here's the thing. You're looking for like these signs of God's favor. You, you, you're not supposed to look for those. You're supposed to believe God. You're not supposed, well, if I feel bad, then it must mean I'm wrong with God. Or if I feel good, it must be, mean I'm right with God. Well, those two things can be flipped up on their end, right? Amen. That's, that's like a charismatic. Well, if I feel good in my mind and I'm very confident that, and I'm having a good day, then I must be right with God. But if not, then I must be wrong with God. Wait a minute. So you're saying that, that your position or, or, where, or who God is or your salvation is dependent upon how you feel? Whether you feel good or bad, which changes like minutely, like it changes like often, like in seconds. You can feel good and something comes your way and you feel really bad, right? Or you, and, and some people tell me, well, I had this, this premonition from God. And by the way, it's not just one person. I've had many people tell me these things. I had this, 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 this um, kind of understanding or truth from God or something like that. Well, really? Was it in here? Because this is where my truth from God comes from. This is it. When God speaks to me, right? He speaks through his word and he speaks his word to me. By the way, when God does, he speaks his word to you. God doesn't, God doesn't give you these, these warm fuzzies over, over everything or the lack thereof. And that determines my relationship with God. God's not fickle. What do you think God is? You? Right? When you got bad gas, you think things are bad, but when your stomach's feeling good, everything's great. Right? If my mind feels good and happy, well, that means that I'm right with God. That means that must mean, or if, I'm, or if I feel terrible down to the depths of hell and I feel like the most wicked thing in the world, that that means that God hates me and God's really against me. Now, you laugh about that, but I'm telling you what, Christians are more capable of expressing those things than ever. Right? Well, or, or God says no to me, so it must mean I'm out of favor with God. Why would that mean that? 
Like, what basis do you base that off of? Like, what scripture do you base that off of? What scripture do you base your little feeling and emotion off of? What scripture do you base God's favor off of? Because what you're telling me is foreign to the Bible. Right. You're telling me you had some extra extrasensory premonition of, 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 of God, and, and because I feel, therefore I am. What are you, a philosopher? Right? That's not the truth. That's the furthest from the truth. Right. You can be, wa- look at Job. Job was walking in the will of the Lord. Job was serving the Lord in faithfulness and truth. He was a faithful man. He he prayed for his family. He loved his family. He sacrificed for his family. And all hell broke loose in his life. Everything happened to him. If he based his relationship with God on circumstances, then he would be most sorrowful. By the way, you rob yourself of consolation when you do that because you don't go to God. You're fearful of God, so you stay away from God and you don't go to him and who God is and his attributes. And you'll stay away from him because in fear that you're not right with God, so you can't really talk to God. You can't really draw close to God. You can't really do that. Why? Well, because I must not be right with God because all this is happening. So I must not be even a Christian. I must must not be saved because all these things are happening. So therefore, I'm going to stay away. Well, you don't see. Here's the thing. You're too sweet and nice to do it that way. What you wouldn't say that you would stay away. You just stay away. You you don't tell anybody that. You don't even tell yourself that. You're not even honest with yourself. But you just keep your distance from God. And you don't go to him. And then, then you don't have any consolation. You don't have any peace and comfort from the Holy Ghost. You don't have true biblical peace. Why? Well, because you're chasing around feelings and emotions like an adulterous generation. And then you wonder, well, how come I don't have peace? And how come, how come I don't have this? Well, you don't believe God. That's why. You're searching for full assurance somewhere else. You're not going to have it. You're chasing around feelings and emotions and circumstances, you stinking charismatic. You like that one? Classic. Well, I, hey, you think I'm not going to pick on us if, we'll, if we pick on them? If we tell the truth about them, you think I'm not going to tell the truth about us? By the way, no man's going to accuse me of not preaching ba- against Baptists and their sins and fundamentalism and all those other things because I've done it. I've been honest by the grace of God with my own failures and with the failures of the, of, of the independent Baptist movement or any of those things. We, we, haven't, we haven't withheld the truth from any of those things. We've talked about them. All of them. Whatever it can be. But I'm not going to sit there and have people, Baptists live like charismatics, chasing around, chasing around feelings and emotions and chasing around circumstances and looking for, for flashing globes of light and, and warm, fuzzy feelings and everything else. Right? Right. Exactly. That's not what God called us Amen. to do. He said, you believe who God is. Right? Without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him, not those that spiritually slough on a couch of slumber. And then expect that God is going to give them peace and comfort when they don't even go to him for it. And they don't even believe he's going to give it to them. 
right? They just sit in sorrow in their own, in their, and wallow in their own sorrow. That's not what God wants us to do. Full assurance requires a focus on Christ and Him alone and His person, who He is and how He operates. And not based on an adulterous generation that wants a sign, wants a feeling, wants this, wants that, right? Because I'm sure a lot of my Baptist forefathers, I'm sure Obadiah Holmes, if he focused on all the stripes that he had and everything else and determined, well, I must be wrong with God because they beat the tar out of me. So, right? I must be wrong with God because they beat me. I can't even walk the same. He was on a bed of, uh, a bed of anguish for uh, months after that happened. He couldn't even walk. He never walked the same again. That's Puritan loving their brethren. Um, but uh, that he never walked the same again. If he, if he equated that and said, well, I must not be right with God. Because if I was, man, they would, God wouldn't have let me get beat up like that. God wouldn't let me go through that. You may think the same thing. Well, because I don't, God doesn't give me what I want. I, I'm, God must not love me. I must not be God's child because he's not giving me what I want. Or God allowed me to be injured. God allowed me to be hurt. God allowed me to go through things. So therefore, I, I must not be right with God. I must be being punished. No, you're being tried. There's a difference. You're being tested. Will you be faithful? You're being tested. You're being tested if you believe God. That, that you, when you come to Him, that you believe that He is and that He's a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. Right? That's what it is. Full assurance requires a focus on Christ in His person and His work. Because God cannot lie. The Bible says, let God be true and every man a liar. And that includes all of us. Let God be true. He is true. I have found him to be true, friend. I have found him to be faithful. And I have found him to love me with an everlasting love. And the God that has fed and clothed me all through this earthly pilgrimage will bring me safely to his home one day. Amen. I will go the way of the king's highway one day. There are times that I can scarcely think of one good thing about myself. But I can never think of one bad thing about God because all of God is summed up in holiness. He is holy, which always makes him right. And because he is always right, my mind and my heart must always default to God's holiness. And, and my mind, that natural mind, is at enmity with God. It is at war with God. It is against God. The natural mind is still at enmity with God. That's why you battle it when bad things happen to you and you question God's love for you. Because the natural mind speaks to you and says, God is against you. No, God is against my flesh. God is for my spirit. Amen. God is against my carnality, but God is for me. He is holy and he is always right. I like that song that Ron Hamilton sings about bowing the knee to God. He is king of all the ages. Bow the That's knee. Right. Amen. Amen. Whatever differences I have with Ron Hamilton, I agree with that. Amen. Bow the knee. Because right. God is always right. Right? He is holy and he is right. 
And this is submitting to the righteousness of Christ in all things. It is submitting myself to God's righteousness. If you believe the Lord and you believe that he cannot lie and you surrender to that great truth, you have good reason to hope. By the way, that's why salvation is a looking and living. Look and live, my brother. Look and live. Look to Jesus now and live. Right? And after you've been saved, you're to look to him. You know, Spurgeon preached a message on that verse six years after his conversion, right? Isaiah 45, 22, Look unto me and be ye saved, all the ends of the earth, for I am God and there is none else. Spurgeon remarked in that verse, something uh, on that verse and on that text, something very important. And, And I thought it was very interesting. He said, There are many troubled souls, even Christians, that say, I have looked, but I have not seen him. I have looked, but I have not seen him. And you know what Spurgeon said about that? The verse never tells you to see him. The verse tells you to look. We walk by faith. We don't walk by sight. God never said for you to see him. He said to look to him. He never said you're going to see me. He said, look to me. Look to me. You want sight. God says, believe me, look to me and live. Look to me. He never said, you must see me. He said, you must look and live. Look and live. There is a dark time in your life that you will see nothing. But those are times that you are to walk by faith and you are to look. You are commanded to look. All of you, in the name of Jesus, you are commanded to look. You are not commanded to see. You are commanded to look. Why? Because there is no work in a look. There is no work in that. There is a looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. He is the author. He is the finisher. And you are to look to him. Look. Very simple. You added C. Yeah, yeah. Your theology right. was messed up. Huh. You, you added that. That's something. Wait a minute. But, if, but if, I, if you were to explain something to other people about the gospel, you'd never add that, would you? No, you wouldn't. I believe it. Why? Because I know you believe, you that are saved, I know you believe the gospel. You'd never tell somebody a requirement is that you see. You wouldn't tell them that, but you'd put that requirement on yourself. When you have fear and doubts and everything else, you put that requirement on yourself and say, well, I must see. Well, God never said that. He said, look. Look. Look unto me. Amen? Amen. That's a blessing, isn't it? Man, I love that. Man, I want to keep going, but it's getting late. and We ain't getting any younger here, so I got to... I'll finish up with a few things here, and hopefully... I'll let you go on good behavior. <laughs> in darkness, it's important that you do not attempt to see God, but that you look to him. Isaiah 50, verse 10 and 11. Who is among you that feareth the Lord, that obeyeth the voice of his servant, that walketh in darkness and hath no light? Let him trust in the name of the Lord and stay upon his God. Nothing in that verse told you to see him. It told you to believe him. Amen. Man, that's good because I can't do a whole lot. But by grace, I can believe God. 
I can believe his promises and I'm not required to see him. I'm just, I'm required to believe him. You that are looking for signs and wonders and, 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 and feelings and everything else, you are committing idolatry and adultery on the Lord. You are sinning against God, and you ought to feel bad about that. You ought not feel bad about not seeing. You ought to feel bad about expecting to see something when God never told you to. He told you to believe him, not to see him. He told you to believe him. This is faith. This is what faith is. Amen? I like what he says here. He says, who is among you that feareth the Lord, that obeyeth the voice of his servant, that walketh in darkness? There's going to be times in your life you're going to walk in darkness. That's not talking about sin. That's talking about just dark. You can't see. And hath no light. Nothing. Dark. Dark. Depressing. Discouraging. And hath no light. Let him trust. In the name of the Lord. Why did he say that like that? Because he's telling you to trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy path. You can't see. You're right. Stop trying to. Walk by faith. Believe God. You know how simple assurance becomes when you believe God? You just believe him. Well, I believe his promises. He told me that. I'm going to believe him. By the way, you're not going to go to hell doing that. You understand that, right? Like You're not going to go to hell doing that. God's not going to throw you in hell because you believed him. Amen. <laughs> right? He's not, going to throw, he's not going to throw you in hell. Be, well, I must have been confused. Confused about who God is? No, you know who God is, don't you? You know what Jesus did for you on the cross? Yeah. Do you believe him? Well, yeah, I believe him. We, but I don't feel, I didn't ask you what you felt. I asked you what you believe. God never told you to feel it. What did he say here? Let him feel in the name of, of the Lord. It doesn't say that. What version are you reading from? Your own, you made up in your head. You're equating feeling with believing. You're not supposed to do that. That's wrong. You shouldn't do that. You shouldn't make things up about God that aren't true. That's a grave sin, isn't it? That's a grave sin. It's a sin that you're committing when you do it, and then I'm committing when we do it. Wait, I can't make that up about God. He didn't say that. Lord, I don't believe that. I believe what you said. Right? See, that's when you're going to catch yourself. Man, I could go on for hours about this because I really want to help people. I know what it's like to be in a... Mo- I know what it's like to be at the point of absolute desperation. And I, as a pastor, I could preach till I had no throat left, till I had nothing left in me to try to encourage you and let you understand that God is faithful, that he will not leave you. He will not forsake you. He will strengthen you. He will be there for you because of who he is, not because of who you are. And I couldn't say it enough. I couldn't say it plain enough probably for you to... I couldn't say everything that I'd like to say. He says, Behold all ye that kindle a fire. Oh, by the way, let me back up. Let him trust in the name of the Lord and stay upon his God. How do I do that? Stayed upon Jehovah. Hearts are fully blessed. Finding as he promised. Perfect peace and rest. You just believe God. How do I stay? Right here. I, I don't believe what's swirling around here. I believe what's in here. See the difference? Then I don't look at my circumstances and think, well, my circumstances are hopeless. Man, my circumstances ain't never hopeless. I've got Christ. I'm never hopeless. I have Jesus. Nothing can be hopeless for me. 
I have Jesus. I have God's promises right here. I, I, I'm never hopeless. But I feel, I don't care what you feel. I care what you believe. I don't, I don't, what does that matter? Since when do feelings dictate what we believe? They don't, because if I asked you what you believe, you'd tell me. There isn't a person in this church that's saved by the grace of God that if I asked you, what do you believe about Jesus? What's the gospel? That you could tell me what the gospel is. That if I asked you, would you show me what the gospel is? I'm sure you would, wouldn't you? You would show me what the gospel is. You would tell me very plainly, wouldn't you? Wouldn't you tell me very plainly what the gospel is? Then why do you give into your feelings? Why do you believe them over God? Why do you follow them? You're not to stay upon your feelings. You're to stay upon God. That's where you stay. You stay upon God. What does he say? Let him trust in the name of the Lord and stay upon his God. Why? It's dark. That's why. You've got to stay upon God when it's dark. You don't have any other light to get you through. you got nothing. You don't even have any light of yourself and any hope in yourself in that point. Because you've been brought down to a place of desolation, so you have nothing to trust in you. So what do you have to do? Throw yourself on Christ. Believe him and follow his light. You know what? I'm telling you, I'm going to stop because I I think I might pick up part of this next week because I just, yeah, yeah, I'm not going to finish this, but we'll we'll get to, I mean, who could, who's sufficient for these things? (laughs) I mean, when you're talking about the immutability of God, like how, how, how deep is that? Like, how could I get that across in in, in an hour? I, I just, I can't, better men than me can, but I can't. It's deep. But let me say this to you. The one lesson I've, I've always tried to drive home to you with this subject and that I, I will continue to drive home to you is this. What God taught me through the greatest trials of my life and since I've been saved, but especially the, 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 those four or five years of deep and dark and depressing and terrible and fearful things. He taught me. I would ask him over and over again, God, I don't understand what you want from me. I want you to trust me. I just, I just, I want you to believe me. All I want from you is for you to believe me. But Lord, it's really dark. It's, it's, it's really dark. It's really depressing. It's really, it really feels hopeless. It really feels like I could sink into hell at any moment. It feels so, so absolutely discouraging and dark and scary. And I have the worst thoughts in my mind that any man could ever have in their entire mind. The, 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 most, the most terrible, terrifying, evil, wicked, vile things and fears go through my mind that I, I can't even voice to another man. I could tell no one the things that I have feared or been through my mind. I could tell no one of any of those things but you, God. I, I can't even talk to anybody. I can't tell anybody this stuff. I can't tell anybody. I know you're going to tell me everything. You're going to pour your entire soul out to me, every scary thing you've ever thought in your mind, and you're going to believe me over every single one of those terrifying things. You're going to trust me by faith, and you're not going to try to kindle your own fire, but you're going to trust me, and I'm going to keep it dark for as long as I need to, or as long as you need it to help you get through and for you to believe me. I'm going to take you through the valley of the shadow of death, and you are going to be the closest that you've ever been in your life. 
to complete and utter destitution. But I will see you through it. And all I want from you, you keep following me. And this is your light. It is a lamp under your feet. It is the light under your path. Follow this. But Lord, what about all these scary paranoia and all these scary things and all this other stuff? No, follow me. Believe me. Believe my book. Follow me. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not unto thine own understanding in all thy ways. Right? Follow me. That's, that's what he said. Like, Lord, you don't want some grand and glorious thing for me? Or is there something else that I can do to, to get to make this stop? Is there anything, God, that I can do to make this stop? No. <laughs> nope. Can I just go back to my mind being the way it was before? Nope. No, that's what got you where you're at right now. <laughs> We're not going back there. <laughs> you're moving forward, and I'm going to make it better. But you won't be able to glory in it. You'll glory in me. And God will use it to help others. And that's what your life is supposed to be about. It's supposed to be about me, and it's supposed to be about others. And I'm going to show you how much. I just want you to believe me. You know what God wants from his people? He wants them to trust him. Through everything that you believe God. Why? Because he's immutable and he changes not. And he's perfectly holy and he will never change. And he will never stop loving his people. And he will never leave you nor forsake you. But he will be there for you. In your greatest fears, if you pour them out to him, he will be there for you. Father in heaven, Lord, thank you. Thank you for the word. Thank you for the truth of it. Thank you for this gospel that we preach. Thank you for the hope. Oh, Lord, my heart is filled with joy just preaching it. I thank you for it. Lord, I was tired today, just tired. I've been tired for a week or two, but I don't feel tired up here. Lord, I... Energized by the power of God, by the truth of God, by His great goodness. Lord, I can't sing the praises of you enough. I can't explain to people how good you are to me and how good you are to your people. But may the lost see it and run to Christ for salvation. May the saved run into their refuge and believe the Lord, believe His promises, and diligently seek Him and find that you are always faithful. Lord, bless the time we have together. Bless the food to our bodies. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.